Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Free speech is the cornerstone to many things within our society and how it works. And I have said for a long time now that more people need to be knowledgeable about their local elected officials, whether it be a city council or a county chairman or a school board. We need to know who they are and what they're doing in these elected positions. And all you have to do is just simply go and sit in on some of these meetings. You don't have to sign up to speak. You don't have to be on some some committee or, or whatever the case may be. Just go and watch. See how they interact with those that are speaking or see what kind of uh, issues are coming before them and how they're voting. Uh, we need more qualified people to run for these positions that are rational and logical and they're there for the right reasons and by going and, and sitting in you'll be able to see who who is is there for the right reasons and who's not too many of these meetings go without a single citizen in attendance oftentimes now you know maybe not school board meetings right now because obviously there's a lot of issues that that parents are are pretty frustrated with um but just just go and just sit in and see what you can see that this has been changing in recent times where we're seeing more people actually going to these meetings and speaking out. Liberal folks, uh, they're not used to this kind of this kind of light. Uh, they're not happy with you sometimes when you do this, um, particularly if you're outspoken. And, and proof of this comes from a story in which 427,000 parents respond to a national school board association labeling them as domestic terrorists. Yes, I said it. The, the National School Board Association is is labeling parents that speak out um, in, in opposition to many of the things that the school boards are doing uh, all across this country, but particularly in their school district, and they're labeling them as domestic terrorists. Now, you may say, well, you, you've really gone over, overboard on this one, Doug, that you, you've, you've exaggerated uh, the situation. And I tell you what, I, I'm going to spell it out for you. I'm going to let you determine whether or not I am. Uh, last week, PJ Media covered the hysterical and threatening letter written by the National School Board Association, the NSBA, and their president, Viola Garcia, in the letter sent to none other than President Joe Biden, <laughs> Garcia, accused America's concerned parents of threats, intimidation, and even, yes, hate crimes rising to the level of domestic terrorism for having the gall to speak up at their local school board meetings. The NSBA also requested, quote, federal assistance to stop threats and attacks of violence against school board members, school officials, and teachers. Now, this week, uh, the leaders of almost two dozen parent organizations fired back with a scathing letter of their own, and it was epic. The, the letter written on behalf, behalf of members of several parent organizations made clear that the NSBA's claims of hate and terrorism are shameful. 
And it really is. I, I have been on a school board uh, position before. I, I know what goes on. I know that parents can sometimes be passionate about the things that obviously, you know, the schools are teaching, teaching their children. But this was shameful. And the NSBA um, is, is definitely out of bounds here. Let, let me get into it here. The NSBA cites a tiny number of minor incidents in order to insulate that, that parents who are criticizing and, and protesting the decisions of the school boards are engaged in or are, are being engaged in. Uh, domestic terrorism and hate crimes is what they're calling it. NSBA even invokes the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act, the name, the association of of legislative protests with with terrorism and and violence reveals both the the concept of parents and your willingness to understand and hear the sincere cries of parents on behalf of their children. To equate parents with terrorists dishonors the thousands of victims of actual terrorism around the world. And you have no shame. That that is that is just flat out a, a terrible thing. And, and I, I can't understand why an organization, a national or, or organization like the NSBA, who is very powerful, they give a lot of money to politicians, would come out with something like this other than just simply to be very, very woke. Now, the parent organizations pointed out that the NSBA's call for federal government to use its power against parents was in itself a menacing and thinly veiled threat intended to intimidate into silence and submission the very con- constituents that the NSBA members obsessively re- represent. And it's, I mean that that what else would you call asking the, the president to to sick the Department of Justice, um, the FBI, the Homeland Security, uh, Secret Service, um, the the Postal Service, even on America's parents. I mean, you, you may say, "Well, what are you talking about?" Let me let me show you. By by contrast, America's parent organizations unequivocally oppose violence. They do. There isn't a single one out there that doesn't oppose violence, and are made up of not domestic terrorists, but concerned citizens who care deeply about their community's children and who are concerned by the direction of America's schools and, and the direction they've taken. It's no secret many parents across the country are angry with what is happening, or in some cases not happening, in our taxpayer-funded schools. Citizens are angry that the school boards and the school officials around the country are are restricting access to public meetings. Uh, we see that all the time. I, I, we, we've done a, a podcast um, right here about the one that, that happened just not too many uh, miles from, from where this podcast originates, uh, where the school board literally closed the meeting because people were getting a little upset. They went out into the parking lot and then the school board members ran back into the building and locked the doors and shut the windows and called the police and then continue to have their meeting. Um, they're, they're, they're mad that, that uh, school boards are limiting public uh, comment. We see that all over the place where they just simply give you 30 seconds to say something and then shut your mic off. In, and in some cases, uh, conducting business via text messages in, in, in volatile, uh, volatile states, um, you know, and, and, and in opposition to state open meetings laws. 
I mean, we've seen this where they have these these Zoom meetings even um, where these they're not open to the public yet they're making decisions and that's illegal. They're angry that schools are charging them with thousands of dollars in public records requests to view curriculum and training materials that impact their children. And that should be open to the public by default. You, you can't do that. Again, it's illegal to be charging thousands of dollars for those type of things. They're angry that pandemic-related learning losses have, have compounded the already low reading, writing, and math proficiency rates in American schools. I mean, here in the Pacific Northwest, Washington just lowered their standards of reading, writing, and math for graduation requirements. And in Oregon, again, we've done a podcast on this. In Oregon, they said that you don't have to know how to read, how to write, or do math to get a high school diploma any, any longer in the state of Oregon. Now, parents are ultimately angry that rather than working to improve student achievement so that children actually learn in our country schools, large numbers of, of districts have chosen to fund, and often with hundreds and thousands of dollars in taxpayer money, social justice and diversity and equity and, and inclusion programs with you know finite resources in in Seattle the Seattle school district spends almost $20,000 per year per student and much of that goes to this social justice type stuff it's not about it's not about reading and writing and doing math because they're lowering those standards they have to have more time for social justice matters and it is very revealing that instead of listening to and, and addressing the concerns of parents, the NSBA chose to smear their constituents rather than engage with them in good faith. The concerns of parents are, of course, due to the leftist policies embraced and, and implemented by the school boards that are supposedly accountable to the parents of their respective districts. It is up, and, and, and here's... Here's what, what the, these parents are saying. It is appalling that the NSBA, National School Board Association, would choose to threaten your fellow Americans for having the courage to, to hold you accountable for your failures. This is, this is what they're saying. They're saying that we will not be bullied. We, we will not have our speech chilled. We have a constitutional right to, to petition our elected officials. And we will continue to do so, is what they're saying, in order to address and improve the quality of America's public education system for all children. That's directly from their letter. And, and it is spot on. Bravo to America's parents, grandparents, and concerned citizens for not being intimidated by the NSBA and their shameful tactics for putting America's children first in the face of blatant leftist bullying. Now, here is a part of the letter that the National School Board Association sent to the Biden administration. Because again, you may be saying, you know what, you're just, you're really th throwing, uh, you know, blowing this, this all out of proportion and, and, and it, it's not anything like what you're saying. So let me read to you the National School Board Association, part of their letter, and this is how it starts out, or it has in, in the beginning. It says, the NSBA believes 
immediate assistance is required to protect our students, school board members, and educators who are um, susceptible to acts of violence affecting interstate commerce, affecting interstate commerce. I'm not sure how that works out, but we're going with it because of threats to their districts, families, and personal safety. As our school boards continue coronavirus recovery operations within their respective districts, they are also preserving against other challenges that could impede this progress in a number of communities. Coupled with attacks against school board members, they're saying coupled with attacks against school board members and educators for approving policies for masks to protect the health and safety of students and school employees, many public school officials are also facing physical threats because of propaganda purporting the false inclusion of critical race theory within classroom instruction and curricula. The propaganda continues despite the fact, this is what they're saying, this is in the, this is in the letter to President Joe Biden. This propaganda continues despite the fact that critical race theory is not taught in public schools and remains a complex law school and uh, graduate school subject well beyond the scope of K-12 class. Okay, (laughs) not taught in schools? Are you kidding me? This is, I mean, first of all, this is a straw man. Because the, the, there is no terrorism going on against school board members, okay? So we're, they're just setting this up as a straw man, saying, hey, this is what's happening. And then they can attack it and say, oh, well, we're going to do all these things that we want to do because of this thing that really isn't happening, but we say that it is. That's a straw man. But to say that CRT is not taught in schools, I mean, it literally is the law here in the state of Washington, for K-12 to teach and promote not only critical race theory, but Planned Parenthood's sex education curriculum. It is the law that that has to be done. So to say it's not being done and it's just talked about in some law schools and you know graduate school uh, programs is just completely a flat-out lie. So what are some of these threats? that the NSBA says are examples of terrorism. Because if this is not a straw man, if it really is happening, if, if, if terrorist acts are really happening, we just don't see them anywhere on the news, then let's see what they're saying is really the terrorism, that why we need to, to, to call in the, all the different agencies of the federal government and, and do all these different things, right? Well, here's an example that they put, this is right directly from their letter. Okay, an individual was arrested in Illinois for aggravated battery and disorderly conduct during a school board meeting. During two separate school board meetings in Michigan, an individual yelled at not yelled a Nazi salute in protest to masking requirements. (laughs) So, So somebody said Heil Hitler with his hand in the air to the school board because they were doing Nazi tactics in saying that everybody had to wear a mask, even though the science says it does no good. Another individual prompted the 
the board to call a recess because of opposition to critical race theory. So because he was opposed to critical race theory, they could not handle that. That was offensive and, and, and terroristic. And so they literally had to call for a recess because of this. That is classified as terrorism. In New Jersey, Ohio, and other states, anti-mask proponents are inciting chaos during board meetings. In in Virginia, an individual was arrested. Another man was, uh, was ticketed for trespassing, and a third was hurt during a school board meeting discussion, uh, distinct... Uh, distinguishing current curricula from critical race theory and regarding equity issues. In other states, including Washington, Texas, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and Tennessee, school boards have been confronted by angry mobs and forced to end meetings abruptly. So this is terrorism, right? That people are upset at what they're doing. They're voicing those concerns, and that's terrorism. A resident in Alabama who proclaimed himself as a vaccine police has called school administrators while filming himself on Facebook Live. (gasps) Can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine that you called school administrators and then filmed yourself in that conversation on Facebook Live? That would definitely be classified as terrorism. I, I would definitely say Facebook Live is is one of those terrorist uh, tools that that uh, the Taliban use and 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 others. Other groups are posting watch lists against school board members and spreading misinformation that boards are adopting critical race theory curriculum and working to maintain online learning by haphazardly attributing it to COVID-19. Okay. So again, you may say that it's misinformation, but it's actually happening. And you may call it a watch list, but I would probably say that it's a list of these are the people that we should not be voting for and we need to be running against. In Ohio, an individual mailed a letter to a school board member labeling the return address on the envelope from a local neighborhood association and then enclosing threatening hate mail from another entity. This correspondence states that, quote, we are coming after you and all the members on your board of education. This hate mail continues by stating, quote, you are forcing them to wear masks for no reason in the world other than control. And for that, you will pay dearly. Among other incendiaries, this same threat also called the school board member a filthy traitor. Oh man, only terrorists use that phrase, filthy traitor. Implies loss of pension funds and labels the school board as Marxist. Oh no, they've definitely gone too far this time. I mean, how can you say that in the state of Ohio, you would have somebody who isn't a terrorist Label the school board Marxists. That definitely, I I can now understand why we need to call in the FBI. And they said, even this, they said earlier this month, a student in Tennessee was mocked 
during a school board meeting for advocating masks in school after testifying that his grandmother, who was an educator, died because of COVID-19. Now, again, I, I am not going to say that everything that parents do is on the up and up. I am not saying that when people get passionate, that they don't, you know, that they don't succumb to some of their emotions and things. But this is out. This is not terrorism, and to say it is is out of line. And they end the letter this way: These threats and actions of violence are affecting our nation's democracy at the very foundational levels, causing school board members, many who are not paid, to resign immediately or discontinue their service after their uh, respective terms so they're not running for re-election. Oh no. Further, this increasing violence is a clear and present danger to civic participation in which other citizens who have been uh, contemplating service as either an elected or appointed school board member have reconsidered their decision. Well, I hope, I hope that maybe they reconsider if they can't take a little bit of passionate talk. NSBA believes public discussion and transparency by local school board members are important for the safe and effective operation of schools. Yeah, sure they do. It is vital that public discourse be encouraged in a safe and open environment in which varying viewpoints can be often in a peaceful manner. (laughs) Okay. Our children are watching the examples of the current debates, and we must encourage a positive dialogue, even with different opinions. Now, get this, whenever there's a but, that everything that you just heard before that, you can just discount and you listen to what's after that. Here is the same thing. It's not but, but it's however. So they say, however, so everything that you just heard, you can throw out the window. However, with such acute threats and acts um, and actions that are disruptive to our students, well-being to the safety of public school officials and personnel and and interstate commerce, we urge the federal government's intervention against individuals or hate groups who are targeting our schools and educators. So by you showing up and saying that you don't like CRT to the school board, it is disrupting kids and their learning. (laughs) Okay, so the federal government wouldn't take this seriously, would they, right? I mean, this is just some crazy letter from some crazy person who heads up the National School Board Association, right? Well, in an article by Tim Pierce, uh, just, uh, on, just 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 a couple days ago, October 5th, dailywire.com says, Attorney General Merrick Garland, now Merrick Garland, you, you remember, is the one that Obama wanted to put on the Supreme Court, ordered the FBI on Monday to begin investigating a recent spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators. Again, I just I just read you the list that they said that that was this spike in harassment and threats of violence. Right? This the the Department of Justice pu- published a memo by Garland directing the U.S. attorney and attorneys and the FBI to work with local officials to identify and curb threats to school administrators. Here is that memo. That the, the memo is is saying that. It's citing an increase in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against the school board members, teaching and and workers of our nation public schools. Today, General Merritt B. Garland directed the FBI and U.S. attorneys 
uh, officials to meet in the next 30 days with federal, state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement leaders to discuss strategies for addressing this disturbing trend. These sessions will open dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response to law enforcement. Quote, threats against public uh, servants are not only illegal, they were encountered to our nation's core values, wrote the Attorney General Garland. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserves to be able uh, able to do their work without the fear of their safety. <laughs> Again, we're talking about parents speaking in front of school boards. According to the Attorney General's memorandum, the, the Justice Department will launch a series of additional efforts in the coming days designed to address the rise in criminal conduct directed towards school personnel. Those efforts are expected to include the creation of a task force consisting of representatives from the department's criminal division, national security division, civil rights division, and executive office of a U.S. attorney, the FBI, the Community Relations Service, and the Office of Justice Programs to determine how federal enforcement tools can be used to uh, prosecute these crimes and ways to assist state, tribal, territorial, and local law enforcement where threats of violence may not contribute federal crimes. The Justice Department will also create a specialized training and guidance for local school boards and school administrators. It it ends with how you can report instances to the FBI and other agencies. You see, Garland's memo comes after a summer of of just ridiculous school board meetings in which parents and and community members challenged school officials over the the adoption of of CRT and, and, and other uh, subjects, uh, you know, that, that were in the curriculum. Parents have also pressured school boards to drop school mask mandates, and in many places they have been implemented. CRT, of course, we know, we, we, we've, done a, we've done podcasts on CRT, we'll continue to do more, but, but critical race theory is basically saying that, th- that if you are white, if you if your skin is white of a certain if you're of a certain race, then you are a predator, and if you are not of that race, then you are a victim, and it and and it goes back to this 1619 project. Again, you can go back to our, our other podcast, or you can wait for another one that's going to come up soon on CRT, and 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 understand why this is a terrible thing. After seeing a a September 9th school board meeting in Texas on pornography in schools, um, this, this, there was an individual who, who, who said this, he said, I decided to check the titles of my child's high school Fairfax um, library. The books were available and we checked them out. Both of these books included pedophilia, sex between men and boys. This, this was a, a parent. Stacy Langton said, uh, and she said this to a school board meeting uh, on September 23rd. The illustrations included fellatio, sex toys, masturbation, and violent nudity. In August, the, the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh confronted members of a Metro Nashville school board 
over forced mask mandates. Um, and and it, it was interesting because they tried to make it so he couldn't actually go to this. And he ended up renting a house in the district just so he could. <laughs> uh, in his speech, Walsh called the school board uh, the uh, school board members to present evidence of why everybody in the school had to be masks, had to be masked. Now, President Biden and, uh, and others in his administration have been calling domestic terrorism as the number one threat to America. And now we can see why they're making this absurd statement. They want to use this as a platform to silence anyone who does not agree with them politically. It is scary and it is wrong and it will have a chilling effect on our country if allowed to continue. And you, you may agree with this. You may not agree with this. I would definitely love to hear from you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.